well enough. Amen. Amen, amen. Again, if you're a guest, thank you for taking time to be with us this morning. We're honored that you would do so. I pray that the Spirit of God and the Word of God would speak to your life today. Not to your intellect, not to my intellect, but to your life. To the very root of your being. This is what the Word of God can do. If we allow it to, Scripture tells us it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. I want the Word of God to do that, don't you? Anybody interested in letting the Word of God discern the thoughts and the intents of your heart? Now, some of you might be sitting there going, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. I don't know if I want that to happen or not. The Word of God does that. And I want Him to do that because He does it in love. The love of God discerns the thoughts and the intents of my heart so that He can bring them in alignment with His will and His purpose so that my life becomes glorified. He's glorified through mine and your life. And so I want his word discerning my thoughts and the intents of my heart. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I do believe there's something that the Lord would speak to us today. So I want to go into the word of the Lord right now. And if you would go with me to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Chapter number 16. Some of you got nervous. You're like the guy that's going to preach doesn't even know where he's going to read. I did forget for a minute. Matthew chapter 16. In Jesus' name. And I'm going to start there at verse 1. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. If you've got your Bible. The Pharisees also, with the Sadducees, came. Now, this is important. How many of you ever heard of Pharisees and Sadducees? Some of you? Some of you are like, those are crazy names. I don't even know what that means. Pharisees and Sadducees were the religious people of the day. So this scripture could say the religious people came. Doesn't necessarily mean they were spiritual people, but they were religious. They were, went through their traditions, their routines. The religious people came and tempting desired him, him as Jesus, tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, Jesus said, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites. Wow. If he didn't have their attention before, he probably had their attention now. Oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times 
I want to read that again. You can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. Short message he preached there. I want you to pray with me again, would you? We need the Holy Ghost, the very Spirit of God, to open our understanding today and impart into our spirit by His great grace. Jesus, I'm asking you have your way here. I pray the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the fear of God. Open our understanding today. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive that which you would speak. In the name of Jesus, I pray that your will would be done in this hour in which we live. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I never thought that I would live in a time like we live in right now. I couldn't have... Anybody else feel that way? Do you ever, do you ever, anybody here ever picture the entire world locking down? Not, not just the nation, the world. I, I never, in, never in my mind even imagined this could be possible. And it's interesting to me to see the things going on in our world today and to look at all the noise and, and to hear all the voices that are contending for their views or promoting their position or trying to influence someone according to their belief system. And we see this taking of the world system. We've talked about this before, but I just can't get away from it. This taking of the world system, trying to pervade the thinking of the church and the people of God. We see these thoughts of the world system, contrary, if you read the Word of God, contrary to the Word of God, and trying to get you and I as men and women to lay hold on worldly wisdom and ignore the wisdom of the Word of God. The Scripture teaches us, if you read, that Satan is the God of this world. Some of us don't believe that, but we need to understand what the Word of God says that is true. Satan is the God of this world. And so we live in a day and an hour in which the God of this world is attempting to influence the minds of people. This has been his pattern for thousands of years. This shouldn't surprise us. The Apostle Paul wrote and said, we are not ignorant of his devices. And so the adversary of your soul and mine is seeking to influence you. He's not going to come and tempt you with things that would have no effect. You understand, the adversary is not going to come to me and try to tempt me with heroin or cocaine. or uh, That's not going to do anything to me. Now that may affect somebody else, and so he would use that in their life. But he would come, the scripture says he's subtle. Subtle. You know, this is probably not revelatory for anybody, but just in case you didn't know, Satan's not going to show up or one of, his, one of his imps isn't going to show up with red horns and a little red tail and a pitchfork so you can identify him. 
Doesn't work that way. You laugh, but sometimes we think, oh, I'd know if Satan showed up. I'd recognize if, I'd recognize if the enemy was coming around me. I'd realize it quick. And I'd, No, no, no. He's subtle. The Scripture says he's even able to transform himself into an angel of light. And so the adversary is at work in our world today. And I'll tell you how he's working. Would you like to know how he's working so you can recognize it and not fall prey to his trap? He's working as he always has. Through the wisdom of men and the voices of men of this world. In our time, it's media, social media, mainstream media. It's, you fill in the blank, it's politics, it's you pick your spot. It's all these things where the adversary of this world is trying to influence mine and your thinking contrary to the Word of God. Contrary to the Word of God. I'm, I'm going to give you a small, but sil- not silly, but a small example. There's been so much talk the last several years about global warming. About to drive me crazy. You're saying, well, you're unbuttoning your sleeves. It's hot out here. Well, it's supposed to be hot. It's early September. This is Yakima. Well, you know, this is melting and that's melting and this is happening. Before long, it's going to be like one long summer. It's a lie from the pit of hell. How do I know that? Because the Word of God is true. And the Word of God can't fail. And I read in the book of Genesis, the Lord spoke and He said, As long as the earth remains. Is the earth here? Still here. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest and summer and winter. So I stand on the Word of God. You say, are you denying that ice is melting? No, I'm not denying ice is melting. But I'm telling you, now we're going to have one long summer. There's always going to be seasons because the Word of God tells me as long as the earth remains. See, we err because we do not know the Scriptures, Jesus said. He said, you do err not knowing the Scriptures. See, we've become... Well, we're going somewhere. I didn't think we were going here, but we'll see. The reason you and I can fall into the trap and be deceived by the adversary and the wisdom of this world today is because we don't know the Scripture. We don't know it. I'm looking for somebody to pick on. Don't worry, I'm not going to bring you up front here. Darius, right there where you're sitting. What color is that grass? It's not green. It's blue. You agree? Why not? Yeah, but you're wrong. It's blue. You're colorblind. You don't even know it. Now, how many of you agree with Darius? Man, they're against me. How many of you agree with me that it's blue? Nobody. Why? Because you know, you've learned since the time you were a child, grass is green. You understand that. When you know the Word of God, and you lay hold on the Word of God that it's true, you start to discern, hold on a minute, what they're saying is not true. And the reason I know it's true isn't because I have all wisdom and knowledge. The reason I know it's true is because it's contrary to the Word of God. 
And the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. The Word of God will never pass away. Heaven and earth may pass away, but the Word will never pass away. And if the Word declares it, it's true. Some of us need to settle this in our spirit. What the Word of God teaches is right. What the Word of God teaches is true. What the Word of God says is always true. It is the infallible Word of God. And so we discern the difference between truth and error by the Word of God. Why do you think the adversary wants to keep you out of Scripture? Go to church every once in a while. Pray every once in a while, but don't open that book. Don't start reading and learning what the Bible says for yourself. You know, there's some church denominations that they don't encourage people to have and read a Bible. I'm not going to name any. There are some church denominations that people come and they don't bring a Bible. They just listen to what's spoken. And they even hear some things in languages they don't understand that are read to them in some strange language. But they never open the Word of God to see what does the Word of God say. We need to know what the Word of God says in this hour because the adversary would deceive through the wisdom of men. Pray with me for a minute. Come on, talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Let Him have access to your mind spiritually. A spiritual work, God. We need You. Open our understanding today. Open our understanding by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so the adversary will twist the Scripture. He'll twist the Word of God if he can get... If you'll start reading it, then he'll look and see if he can find a way to twist it. And you know how he does that is he'll get you offended about something. If he can get you offended about something, then when the Word of God comes, it passes through your offense, and your offense twists the Word of God. He doesn't want you in the Word of God. I'll never forget when I was a teenager. I was praying one day. And I saw this picture in my mind's eye that I, I know the Lord gave it to me just because it never left me. And in this picture, there was this room. And it was, it was almost like an operating room. It was so clean and sterile and there was nothing in there. But right in the middle of the room was a table. And on this table in the middle of the room, it was sort of elevated table, like a draftsman's table or something like that. Elevated there on this table in the middle of the room was a Bible. And this Bible was, was well used and it had notes throughout it. And there was tabs and there were all these things. And there was I could see lines on it. It was, it was very clear to me in this picture that this Bible had been gone through, Brother Joel, from cover to cover. They, they knew what it said. They had taken time to dig in the Word and to see what does the Word say? What does the Word teach? And I had this recognition. Whoever's Bible this is, this room that's set aside for this study, they know the Word of God. It was very clear to me, and I was marked by that. And I, I remember thinking as I'm seeing this and I'm praying there, Man, I want to know the Word of God that way. I want, I want to dig in the Word of God that way. I want, to, I want to go through the Word of God that way. 
And so I'm there and I'm watching and I'm waiting and I hear someone coming down the hall. Clearly they're going to come into this room. And so I'm, I'm with anticipation waiting to see who knows this word. Maybe I'm getting ready to get a picture of who my mentor will be or somebody that I can tap into that knows the word of God. And much to my surprise, I didn't see a physical individual, but I recognized when the doors opened and someone stepped in, in my spirit I knew this was Satan. And it caught me totally by surprise. And the Lord began to deal with my heart about the fact that the adversary knows the Word of God. And so He'll use it to twist it and to keep people from knowing the Word of God. Why? His purpose is always the same. So that I can destroy. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So you and I as children of God must know and be in the Word of God. Otherwise, the wisdom of this world keeps coming against us. Keeps coming against us. I'm going to give you some more examples. You want something a little more closer than global warming? How about this? I never would have thought in my lifetime that we would have come to a place where in our nation, one nation under God, that we would have redefined, we would have said this word no longer means what it's meant for hundreds of hundreds of years. Grass is no longer green, though it's always been green. As of today, we are going to pass a law that says grass is now blue. And if you disagree with me, then that means you hate me, and I'm probably going to have to punish you because you disagree with what I tell you. You with me? You with me? I've watched this happen, and many of you are old enough to have watched this happen in your lifetime. Hundreds of years, thousands of years really, marriage has always been defined the same way. Always. One man, one woman, marriage. And about ten years ago, we decided after thousands of years... Men decided the Word of God is not true. The Word of God is in error. Even though the Word of God defines marriage as one man and one woman, the Word of God is in error, and men begin to write laws to redefine a word. And a vast majority of people said, okay, grass isn't green anymore, it's now blue. Why do you say it's blue now? Well, because the law says it's blue now, and therefore I dismiss what I once believed, not realizing you've given in to the wisdom of the world and dismissed the truth of the Word of God. You say, be careful. I'm not trying to be careful. I'm trying to shake us so we understand what's happening in our world. There is a shifting. There is a moving. And it's been moving for 20, 30, 40 years. And it's been gradual. It's been gradual. It's been gradual. And so a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to sleep. So shall your want come as an unarmed man. And so the scripture tries to shake us. And Jesus is talking to the religious leaders. And he says, do you not discern the times? 
You can look at the sky and tell what the weather's going to be like. You can look at all these things and you can tell me tomorrow it's going to be this or that. How can you not recognize what's right in front of you? Jesus was talking to these religious leaders. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was the Messiah who had come. They'd been watching for 700 plus years since Isaiah's prophecy for the Messiah to come. I promise you, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew all of the Scripture. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon His shoulders. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. They knew the Word of God. He's going to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. He's going to come of the lineage of David, of the tribe of Judah. They knew all these prophecies of the Old Testament. And Jesus was standing in front of them. Jesus was standing in front of them. He said, you can see this, and you can see that. You discern all these things with your natural eye. You're looking through the wisdom of men. You're looking through your natural understanding. You're looking with what you know because you think you're intellectual. You think you've really got it figured out because you're lawyers and doctors, the Pharisees and Sadducees, and you don't even have the ability to discern the time you live in. You don't even discern that the very Messiah that you're waiting for is standing right in front of you. That's what Jesus was telling them in that passage of Scripture we read. You cannot discern the times. Please hear me today, precious man, precious lady. We need the Spirit of God And the Word of God to work in our hearts and lives so that we discern the times in which we live. If you think for a moment that we're just going to go back to normal in a few weeks or a few months, you have already been deceived. I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I've got great hope in a God that never fails. My hope is not in this world system. My hope is in a government that will continue to increase according to the Word of God. The government's on His shoulder. Not an earthly government. I don't have any hope in politicians. My hope is in God and His government and His kingdom, the increase of which there will be no end. But we must recognize we need the wisdom of God. The writer James said this, that the wisdom of men is earthly. It's sensual. It's based on feeling. It's sensual. It's devilish. But the wisdom of God is pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's easily to be entreated. I need, desire the wisdom of God in this hour. If I fall into the trap of leaning to the wisdom of the world, I'm going to fail to discern the times. And God help us to discern the time. God help us to discern the time. Would you pray that with me right now? Come on, right where you're sitting. God, help us by your grace, by your word, by your spirit. 
Help us to discern the time in which we live. You have brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so I pray an anointing of the Spirit of God upon our minds that we would discern the time that You've called us to. That we would discern where we are in time. That we would not miss the signs of the times all about us, but that we'd recognize clearly in which time we live. And that we would walk in the calling of God that is upon us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. How is it possible that they missed the Messiah right in front of them? Worldly wisdom. Religious tradition. Not discerning the time. Not discerning the time. I believe it was James... As well, Scripture comes to mind, James chapter 4 maybe, where James spoke of those that said, you know, today we'll go into a city and we'll buy and we'll sell and we'll get gain. And tomorrow will be as today. He said, you don't even know. You should say, this is what James said, he said, you should say, if the will of God be this, then we will. What's interesting, if you look at that in context, yeah, it was James chapter 4. Because the verses before that, James says, what? Do you not know that your life is just a vapor that appears for a moment and then it vanishes away? What was he saying? He was saying, why are you putting your focus on buying and selling and getting gain? Earthly, temporary things. Not saying you shouldn't make a living. Not saying you shouldn't have a roof over your head. You understand. But James was appealing to the spiritual nature, the eternal nature of mankind. And saying, why are you focused on temporary things and neglecting spiritual things? Why are you caught up in the wisdom of the world, but ignoring the wisdom and the leading of God? Why are you doing all these things for your temporary life, but ignoring your spiritual life James was reaching to say don't you understand this natural life is temporary it's just a vapor you might live 70 years maybe a few more give or take but in a moment of time it can be snuffed out why aren't you investing in your spiritual life the one that's eternal the one that's going to live forever somewhere why aren't you investing in that he was appealing to that I'm appealing to you today by the Spirit of God to recognize the time in which we live. Recognize the time in which we live. I find a a very powerful passage of Scripture. I believe it's in 2 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles, sorry. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. We find the gathering together of men around David. David has been anointed king. He's called to Israel for a time and a place and a purpose. I believe this is a type and shadow of Christ. David in many ways his life symbolism of things that we see in Christ. We know Christ was of the root and the offspring of David. And we find in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 all the different tribes of Israel and the things they brought to the table if you will. In relationship to David as king. And the kingdom of Israel. And you understand the kingdom of Israel is a type and shadow of the church and the kingdom of God. And so we see these different things. And I want you to watch. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Uh, 
Let's start with verse 29. I think that'll get us close. Verse 29. And the children of Benjamin, that's the tribe of Benjamin, the kindred of Saul, 3,000, that's how many men. Hitherto the greatest part of them kept the ward of the house of Saul. So their job was to keep the ward of the house. Uh, Verse 30. The house of Saul, Ephraim, 20,800, mighty men of valor, famous throughout the house of their father. So we're getting these tribes and their role and their place and their responsibility in the kingdom of Israel and what they were going to do in serving the king. Verse 31. And of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, expressed by name to come and make David king. Verse, verse 32. This is what I want us to notice. Verse 32. Watch this. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200. You see that? And all their brethren were at their commandment. Now, if you read, we didn't take it for sake of time. I just read a few verses before that because I wanted you to see some context. If you read all the verses before that, the uh, 30 other verses before that, you will see these different tribes, and you'll hear like we read, 20-something thousand, multiple thousand, thousands, thousands, thousands. And then we get to the tribe of Issachar, and it says 200. Were they a tiny tribe? No. They were not. Study the Scripture. They weren't a tiny tribe. But we see something said about them. There were multiple tribes. Again, if you read that passage of Scripture, there were many of them that were men of valor, men of war. And we need all of those elements in the kingdom of God. But we need in this hour, I believe, like never before, men with a spirit like the tribe of Issachar. Men who have an understanding of the times and know what they ought to do. If there's ever been a time that we need understanding of where we live and to know what we ought to do, it's now. And why is it there were only 200? Because here's what we know about the tribe of Issachar. They recognize there's some men, women maybe if you will, not then, but I believe now in our movement. There are men and women of God that have understanding of the times and they know what, they need, what needs to be done. And the rest of the tribe of Issachar was willing to go, we recognize that upon them. We recognize an anointing that's there. We recognize clarity that's there. They seem to understand what's going on. I didn't know it before, but man, it's so clear when they speak. They know what they ought to do. And they were at their commandment. It brought unity in the tribe of Issachar and the work of the kingdom of Israel that God intended for that time. God, I pray that spirit that was upon those men, let it be upon the people of God understanding of the times and knowledge of what to do. Understanding of the times and knowledge of what to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We need the Spirit of God to open our understanding. We can't just fall into this trap that says, I just want to be a good Christian. I want a nice church that I can attend once, maybe twice a week, feel good about myself, and then go on living my life the way I want to live it. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in my place and your place 
in the body of Christ in the hour that we live in. And that we walk in it according to His will. And that we are in agreement with the head of the body, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that His Spirit works in us, with us, and through us according to His design in the earth in this hour. I want to discern the time. I want to discern the time. Let me read one of the places in Scripture. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church here. But there are things here that can speak to all of us whether we're yet in the church or not. You hear what he is saying? You understand when I say in the church or not, I mean the body of Christ, not a organization or denomination or in the church. Washed in his blood through the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. Filled with his spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost dwelling within you, according to the word of God in the church. Listen to what he says. Romans chapter 13, starting with verse number 11. And that, knowing the time. Everybody say, knowing the time. Watch what he said. Knowing the time. Now. Everybody say, now. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Someone hear that today. When you first believed, it was close, but I promise you, it's far closer now than when you first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. What do we do? What do we do when we know the time, when we realize it's high time, when we realize our salvation's nearer than when we... What do we do? This is what the Apostle Paul, he tells us what to do. Here, if you're saying, what do I do? If I understand the time, the men of Issachar, they understood the time and they knew what to do. If you're going, okay, you're telling me that it's late. You're telling me that things are changing. You're telling me the times are according to the Word of God, moving faster than they've ever moved. What am I supposed to do? The Scripture tells us what to do. Knowing the time. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Not the time to keep playing games with God. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> I should have read further. Not in rioting. <laughs> That's in the Word of God. See, the, Lord, the, word, the Word of God is always relevant. When we realize it's late, we're not supposed to start getting caught up in all the social justice issues. If we're aligned with the Spirit of God and the Word of God, there's justice. It's spiritual and therefore it will affect society. I mean, look around you this morning. We have Filipinos. We have Hispanics. We have Caucasian. We have Native American. I probably missed some ethnicity along the way there, but we got them in. We have... Uh, I forgot what Brother Jerry is. Saipanese, is that a word? 
Saipan. We, we got all these. Because if any man be in Christ, he's neither Jew nor Greek, nor bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. And so when we abide in Him, He deals with all of those issues of society on a spiritual level, then it affects society. You get it backwards when you start trying to do social justice to affect the spiritual climate. You get in alignment spiritually with God, society will be affected. I'm just going to say that some churches have lost their way in this hour. They've become more caught up in social justice than the spiritual health of a life and a soul. Please don't misunderstand me today. I believe society needs help. But I know the answer is God. And God forbid I should lose sight of the calling of God on my life. To reach a soul that will be lost if they don't come into relationship with Jesus Christ. So that I can banner about social justice. If they get in relationship with God, there will be justice done. I got off track for a minute. Verse 13. Still telling us what to do. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness. You can read and look at some of the different translations of those two words, chambering and wantonness. It talks about getting caught up in all the issues and getting caught in all these conversations and debates about stuff. He's saying, don't get caught up in that stuff. It's a distraction from the calling of God on your life. It's a distraction from the relationship of God in your heart. It's a distraction. Yes, it's going to be an opportunity for conversation. But when the opportunity for conversations opens up, the Scripture tells me, be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within you. How is it you got peace in the midst of all this? Because I've got something living in me. The Lord Jesus dwells in me. My hope is not in this world. My peace is not found in the circumstances of this world. My peace is in Him who is the King of Peace. You're saying, ignore it. Don't talk to it. No, we need to engage in the conversation. But you need to understand, the answer is not intellectual. The answer is not the wisdom of the world. The answer is a hope of God. You have an answer in you if you're filled with the Spirit of God. Give an answer of the hope that lies in you. Not in strife, not in envying. Verse 14, finally. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and... Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts or the desires thereof. If you're a guest here today, my hope is that, I was going to say that I haven't offended you. I do hope that. But I know at times the Word of God can offend us, not to hurt us, but to shake us to open our eyes and our understanding. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is right. The Word of God never fails. And in the fear of God and because of the love of God, we need to hear and know these things. We need understanding of the times. If you're here today and you're not a guest and you're part of this body, I pray of us. If we feel like we don't have understanding, we need God to give it to us. He will. An opening of our eyes. 
I can't get caught up in the idea of I just want to hurry up and get to normal. I just want to hurry up and get things back. You know, I, I don't want all that. I don't like all this stuff. I, hear me. I need the peace of God, the clarity of the Holy Ghost, the utterance and the instruction of His Spirit so that we can walk as the body of Christ the way we're designed to walk. And we can and will, by His Spirit working through us, change our world before it's too late. Because the day of the Lord is nearer than when we first believed. We need to recognize the time. We need to recognize the time. I know the Lord can do this because He walked with two men on the road to Emmaus and they didn't realize what was going on. They had been disciples of Jesus. They believed He was the Messiah. Their conversation expressed such. Jesus had risen from the dead now and They're walking on the road with Him and they're talking and Jesus comes along and joins them and as they're walking, Jesus says, what's what's going on? I'm paraphrasing, but you can go read it. What's what's going on? What are you talking about? What are you worked up about? And they almost like chastise. You don't even know what's going on. Haven't you heard about like all the stuff in Jerusalem about Jesus? And they start telling them, we were sure He was the Messiah. So they express their belief. But they had sort of given up hope because he'd been crucified. So you can't get caught looking at the circumstances. You miss what's right in front of you if you don't discern the times. And so Jesus continues this journey with them. And the scripture says that he began to open the scriptures and talk with them through the scriptures. And they get to their house, and Jesus acted like he was just going to keep on going. Let them at their place. And as he acted that way, they, hey, why don't you stay and have a meal with us before you go? We've enjoyed our conversation on the road. Stop and have a meal with us. And so Jesus comes into their home with them. And I don't know if he sat down or stood. However they did it, they were getting ready to have the meal. And the scripture says that Jesus took the bread, and he blessed and broke it before them. And when he blessed it, the Bible says their eyes were opened. Oh, how they were blind. Even though they believed they had been blinded. How did they get blinded? They got blinded by all the news and the circumstances of the day. We were sure he was the Messiah, but he was crucified. They buried him. They stopped believing in a moment of crisis. But when he blessed and broke the bread, their eyes were open. And the scripture says he was gone out of their sight. But then all of a sudden they had vision again. All of a sudden they had revelation again. All of a sudden they knew again. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked with us along the way? What happened in a moment of time? The Spirit of God opened their understanding again. And I pray today by the Word of God, by the authority of God, I'm asking you, Lord, open our understanding today to the times in which we live. Open our understanding to this hour in September of 2020. Open our understanding to where we are in our world, in our place in the body, in our place in the kingdom. Come on, would you talk with Him with me? Talk with Him. Jesus, if this is your desire, 
Would you be willing to ask Him? Would you be willing to ask Him to open your understanding today? Come on, you can write me off as some crazy rambling guy if you want, but please, would you talk to Him and be willing to ask Him to open your understanding today? We need to recognize where we're living. Church, we need to understand the calling that's upon our lives. What's happening in our world. And know that we have a responsibility in this hour. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I was 17 years old when my mother and stepfather bought a farm up the road here. And we moved there. And uh, trouble was brewing in the family and it went, exploded, went all directions. Forty years later... I find myself and my wife living on that farm. Almost like it was a a designated time slot element. A lot of stuff in between that. But here we have returned to a place after 40 years. There's a neighbor at one end of the property. His name was Jim Lindsay. Now, I thought he was old when I was there when I was 17. And he was still alive. He was 94 years old. And as we were working and trying to get things into shape, I would say to my wife once in a while, I'd say, you know, I need to run over and say hi to Jim Lindsay. But we were so busy, I just didn't take the time. And a couple of months went by, and I don't know, maybe four or five months went by, and and I kept saying this, you know, I need, to, I need to run over and say hi to Jim Lindsay. And one morning I got up and I said, I'm getting on the gator right now. And I'm going to see Jim Lindsay. And I drove across the orchard and up to his place and knocked on the door. And here's a man I hadn't spoken to in 40 years. He invited me inside and within 15 minutes in his kitchen... I was laying hands on him and praying for him in the name of Jesus. The dialogue had quickly accelerated to where he was, to where I was, to where God wanted to be in that situation. It would only be a couple of months later that he would pass away. Almost like it was a divine moment. Something that God was wanting to do. Wow, I almost missed it. I almost kept saying, you know, I need to run over and say hi to Jim Lindsay. About a month ago, there was uh, one of my wife's cousins contacted her. Uh, Her sister was flying up, my wife's sister from uh, Midwest. And anyway, they, they came and spent some time with my wife. They were there at the farm for a day, an afternoon. And the one cousin, she talked quite a bit. She talks a lot. 
You know, things are revealed as you begin to communicate. And so it's good. We should be listeners. And she was talking, and I wasn't involved in the conversation. But I was in the room at times, and then I'd be out, and then I'd be back in. And then I was sitting across the room, and I kind of have been aware of their circumstances over the years. And there was something that pressed me in the spirit in a moment, and I stopped her. I said, Carrie, the Bible says that no man cometh to God except the Spirit draw him. And from everything that I'm hearing you communicate, the Spirit of God is drawing you back to him. Well, she kind of, you know, got brussled and pushed it off and backed up. That was the end of my piece. That was all I said. Just a few words. My wife said that when she drove her back to the west side the next day, and they sat in the car in a parking lot, she began to open up and break down and sob. And in her sobbing and in her crying out, she revealed through her words the very thing in her life that was blocking her, that was keeping her from pressing through where the Spirit of God was drawing her. Now, we're talking about discerning the times and knowing the times. I'd like to see it become a little bit more personal. What time it is in our situations and the sphere of people that are around us. I started commenting about this maybe a month or so ago. That I've recognized, at least personally, there have been individuals who have made their way into our inner circle. You know, our, our inner circle is kind of consumed with kids, grandkids, close friends, people that we want to be with and hang around. That's our close circle. And some have invited themselves in. You know, that's kind of inconvenient. Well, yeah, I want to, I want to, but you know, we're. Somehow we have got to recognize and discern that there are people that the spirit of God is drawing them to come closer to you. You understand that when you communicate, a spirit filled believer begins to dialogue. Do you know what is manifested? His spirit, his spirit that draws. They don't even know why they want to come and see you again. And a couple of days go by and they're saying, can we drop by again? And you're checking your schedule and you're thinking, man, we've got all these. We have got to discern now what is it, what it is that's happening now. What it is that's happening now. We can't miss. Every soul that's a value, a value to him that he is drawing because he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. It's time. It's high time. And we have a place. It's not. 
let's be careful not to just be aware of the times, but let's bring it in close. What time is it in the situation in this individual's life that they just keep, man, I can't even get them. I have a neighbor. Grandchildren or grandchildren to the one that passed away. The one man I had no no communication with him and somebody else, another farming neighbor who has communicated has kind of talked derogatory, you know, talked them down. And I haven't had any communication, but I found myself forming an opinion because of the communication of the other neighbor. And they have cried out for help on their property. And I've been so busy with driving back and forth to the west side. I've just had to tell them, boy, I'd love to help you, but I just don't have time. Well, recently, we gained some time. Everybody got the same time. People stopped going. And so... The last time they cried out, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to be around. I'm available, and I want to help you as much as I can help you. And so I have engaged. And in the engaging, I have met a man that I didn't know. See, I allowed my mind to be shaped by the other neighbor's words. And I see a, a man who's hungry. I see a man who is intimidated. I see a man who is starving for a friendship. I said to my my wife and I, you know, we we uh, we throw these things back and forth at each other. I might make a comment to her and say, "Man, that guy next door, he I just really feel like," and she'd say, "Yes." In other words, she would express the witness in her spirit that what I just said was true. Now, that's all I need. Now, her and I both know these are people that the hand of the Lord is reaching for. We've got to be available. We have to be available to them in in whatever ways that we can. And so anyway, I said to her last night, I said, can you and I sit down and make a list? Because we have thrown these names back and forth at each other. But, you know, there's seven or eight, maybe ten people who we may have known all of our lives long. But it was just recently they have begun to come into our inner circle, not by invitation, but by compelling. They don't know necessarily what it is that's compelling them, but we have to recognize it's the hand of the Lord that is bringing. Now, I'm, I'm going to insert this piece. You got to navigate. You have to navigate distractions. All right. This is why discernment is so important. Spiritual discernment reveals to me those that I've got to give time to. I've got to give attention to. At the same time, I've got to sometimes navigate away from a time consumer, a distraction in some fashion, because this is the times. 
too oftentimes we, you know, even when we use the word G-O-D, God, like it's some abstract figure in the clouds. When Elder Hart was saying to you, who was it that you were referring to that you said and said that Jesus was the Christ? Do you remember? You did say that. Eh? It might have been on the road to Emmaus. You realize here in America and the United States, we've been hearing the name of Jesus since America started. Okay, you realize that there was a time in the history of man when that word had never been spoken. They'd heard the word Joshua. Then it was submitted as Yeshua. But when, when the Apostle Paul was ministering, he was going from place to place, oftentimes in the synagogues, How many of you ever gave a Bible study? Hold your hand higher. You've given a Bible study. You ever come out of a Bible study where, I mean, it's, it's exciting when you come out of a Bible study that you left them hanging on the edge of their seat. Can't wait get to go back the next time. And, but then every once in a while you have one of those Bible studies where somebody surfaced in the group that was nothing but resistance. And they're pushing back and they're pushing back and they're pushing back. Brother Rodriguez, I know you've experienced a few of those. You understand the Apostle Paul going place to place, there was a, there was a place that he was in where he had met a lot of resistance. And, and he had left there and he went to another place and he began to meet resistance. The Bible says he was communicating and ministering to them, but there was something that he had not spoken yet. And he says, when Peter and John came down, then he was pressed in the spirit. And he said, Jesus was the Christ. Now, for him to come into this group and say that today, we'd all say, yeah, we know that. That's true. That's right. But he was talking to a bunch of Jews who had not heard that. And they pushed back. And they resisted from that to the degree now, you, you'd think the Apostle Paul, he had so much authority on him, and he would go place to place, and he could just say anything, and it would be received. But he, I believe, had become weary because of the pushback and the resistance. And so he got fed up. The Bible says he shook off his raiment. He... he uh, I, I can't quote it verbatim about shaking off the dust of his feet. And he said, your blood be upon you. In other words, I have no more responsibility to declare unto you the gospel. That tells you where he was at. I am sick and tired. And he said, lo, I'm going to go to the Gentile. I am done with you. And I am going to turn and go to the Gentiles. And God didn't strike him with lightning. He didn't say, you know, he didn't chastise him or anything else. 
He just let him be. Until he went to bed. And when he went to bed, the Lord spoke to him in a dream. And persuaded him. Don't leave this place. Stay here. Don't be afraid. Stay here. Now he said, for I have much people in this city. I have to say, for a long time in reading that portion of Scripture, I wasn't sure if that was declaring there's many people here that are going to hear and receive of you and come to the Lord, or just the fact that he was saying, look, you're not alone. There's a lot more in the behind the scenes than what you know and realize. But see, he was ready to depart and leave because of the resistance that he had dealt with. And the Bible says he stayed there for a year and a half longer. And there were many people that came to God. I don't know if, if there's somebody here. I felt such a, an, a, an appealing of the presence of God upon Elder Hart as he began to communicate here today. And I know that there are those that the Spirit of God is drawing into a closer walk. But I want to assure somebody, some laborer that's put in a lot of effort and time. And maybe you've become tired. And I would say to you, this is the important time to be alive, to be awake, and to be discerning because of those that are around you. Elder Hart. Why don't we stand together today? Praise God. I believe by the grace of God, we've sought to declare to you the whole word of the Lord today. He has reached across spectrums regarding where we are and our responsibility in this hour. I, I do not know where each of us are individually. The Lord knows. And perhaps you know. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. As Bishop was ministering, I was listening, letting that flow through my spirit and waiting on the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to open the altar today. I feel like to open the altar and pray would give you a place of release from what God has been dealing with you about throughout this service. And I feel like the Lord wants you to take this with you and determine how am I going to respond, not just in the moment here at the close of a service, but how am I going to respond this afternoon, this evening, Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What's my response going to be from this day 
forward. How am I going to respond to the word of God? If I believe and my spirits bore witness that God has been speaking to me in part or in whole. What is my response going to be to him? Not to me, not to Bishop, to him in relationship to him. I do feel the appeal and the drawing of the Spirit of God in a strong way. I felt it this entire week. I can't get away from it. I feel it everywhere I go. I got up after dinner the other night. I told the men at prayer this yesterday morning. I got up after dinner. Well, must have been one of the nights we weren't fasting. <laughs> Whatever night that was, maybe Friday night. Yeah, it was Friday night. I got up after dinner and said, I'm going to walk. Try to walk a little bit more often. I left and went for a walk. I met a man on the walking trail standing there with his bicycle. He was having a cigarette. It was a convenient time for him not to be riding his bike because I was walking. So I passed by. I thought, I'm going to see if I can have a conversation here. I'll just see. I was, you know, it's like fishing. Just throwing something out and see if they'll hook something in and have a conversation. I have work to do. We're called to be fishers of men. I said something, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm good, how are you? Oh, I thought, oh, he's responding, that's a good sign. I paused. Delburn and I talked for the next 15 minutes or so. I'd never met him before, 57-year-old man. He was hurting, he was broken. He was in a relationship that had broken that day. And the more I talked to him, he talked to me about a marriage that had failed years before. All that hurt started coming to the surface Mind you, I've never met this man before. He starts walking me through how he drove out to the end of 40th Avenue some years ago, covered his truck in gasoline, covered the inside with gasoline, and sat down with it started and a lighter in his hand. He was going to light the truck on fire and then drive it off the edge of a cliff out there so it looked like an accident. 50-cent lighter, he said. He said, I couldn't get the dumb thing to light kept trying I'm sitting here listening to this story and my heart is really the heart of God is reaching to Delbert I don't know if I'll ever meet him again it may have been our only chance Alex I don't know he finally he stops he says I think maybe God didn't let it light I said I think you're right Delbert think God spared your life that day I didn't teach him an hour-long Bible study I just asked him a question I said you're still here what are you doing with your life he spared you that day we talked a little more maybe I'll meet him on the walk again I don't know why do I share that Bishop told there are people everywhere we go and I need the Spirit of God to bring understanding of the time so that I'll walk in my calling in this hour. Walk in my calling in this hour. You have calling on your life if you're filled with the Spirit of God. And if you're not, He wants to fill you with His Spirit because He has calling for your life. This is His desire. I don't care where you are today. I don't even care where you've been. 
yesterday. You're here today. And the Spirit of God can transform your life so that where you go from here forward looks completely different than anywhere you've ever been in your life. This is His desire for you and for me. Could we pray together before we go today? Lord Jesus Christ, I am asking you in your great mercy and love to mark in our spirit your words. Anything, Father, that's been communicated in my humanity, strike it from memory. But I pray, let your spirit, those the living word, the rhema of God, be etched upon the fleshly tables of our heart today. I pray for every man and every woman here that has opened themselves to receive of you and hungers after you. Where your spirit is drawing them, I pray today, Father, that they not ignore or push away or resist your drawing, but willingly respond to you, willingly acknowledge your drawing and say, Here I am, Lord. Lay their life upon the altar and allow your spirit to have their work. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Seal it upon our heart as children of God. Let us walk with eyes open, spirit open, understanding enlightened. In Jesus' name. And let us speak with boldness the word of God. And speak the truth in love. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you say, I've got, I've got to respond. I've got to respond. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Get with the person that brought you here. Get with somebody here you know and say, I need more understanding. I need to know more. I, I don't know the scripture. I, help me. Show me what the scripture says. Come on, don't be bashful about it. Ask. Ask. There, raise your hand here again if you've taught a Bible study before. Raise it high. You've taught a Bible study. There's a lot of people here that have done that. Now raise your hand here if you're willing to teach a Bible study. All right. Some of you should have had your hand up. I'll get with you later. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being here.